0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 252. What is the 1035 exchange?
1: Hey there, financial revolutionaries, and
0: welcome to this week's episode. Now, a lot of people believe that if you get into a whole life insurance policy, you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. It's literally written into the name of the product, whole life insurance. You're stuck for your whole life, right? But what if I told you that you had the option to take your business elsewhere? What if you had a poorly designed whole life insurance policy That you had set up years ago with somebody, or even worse, a universal life or variable life insurance policy, which was being eroded by fees, market volatility, insurance expenses, commissions. What if you had something like that, and this cash value insurance product you had bought years ago that you were currently packing big sums of money into was improperly designed, or it was destined for failure? If you had a policy like that, when would you want to find out about it? And when would you want to do something about it? That's right. If it were me, it'd be right away. Tell me now so I can take action on it. Well, here's the good news. You're not stuck with a poorly designed policy. If you've got one of those, you have the ability to transfer funds from a life insurance policy set up years ago to a new policy without having to pay taxes. And it's known as the 1035 exchange. Now, a 1035, Section 1035, comes from the provision in the Internal Revenue Service Tax Code, allowing for a tax-free transfer of an existing annuity contract or life insurance contract or long-term care product or even an endowment for another one of like kind. So it's a lot like a 1031 exchange, if you're familiar with those in real estate. So let's say you've decided to move your money from an old universal life policy to a more modern, efficiently designed bank on yourself type whole life policy. Let's say you've had this old universal life policy now for quite some time. So there's little or even no surrender charge to get rid of it. And there's even been some modest gains in the IUL, the indexed universal life policy, but you no longer want the IUL because you've seen what that in-force illustration shows you. And anybody who has an IUL I recommend you call on the insurance agent or the insurance company and ask them for an in-force illustration to show you that even though you'll pay in tons of cash over many years, there's a guaranteed ledger that shows that you'll run out of cash as you age and even more modest estimate ledgers that show that the expenses will rise and your cash value will likely begin to erode as you get into your later retirement years. Side note, the insurance expenses on IULs get more expensive as you age and they can raise those expenses at the insurance company at any time they wish. If you want to hear more about this, go back and listen to our episode mini series on this topic from episode 59 to episode 61. Now, if you were to surrender this old IUL policy, you would effectively cash it out, withdraw all the money, and the insurance company would send you a check in the mail And all of the gains in your contract would be immediately taxable to you. And you would lose all of the death benefit coverage. Not fun at all. If on the other hand, you choose the path of a 1035 exchange, you'd be able to effectively roll over the cash value from your imploding IUL into a new bank on yourself designed whole life policy. And it would be a transfer totally income tax free. And you'd keep the life insurance death benefit and the cash value, which would now then grow on a guaranteed basis for the rest of your life. That's a pretty smooth move, in my opinion. So the primary benefit of a 1035 exchange is that it lets you trade one product for another with no tax consequence. So this way you can exchange outdated and underperforming products for newer products with more attractive benefits or less restrictive provisions. It also allows you to preserve your original cost basis from the old policy, bringing it into the new policy. This can make a big difference, both with 1035s involving life insurance and 1035 exchanges involving annuities. Let me give you an example of what I mean here. Uh, Regarding cost basis, let's say you have a market-based fee-riddled variable annuity, and you had invested, let's say, $100,000 of your own money into this variable annuity. So that 100,000 is your cost basis. That's the amount of money you put in. However, due to poor investment performance, the annuity has dropped to $75,000. You're dramatically upset. And you decide to transfer your funds into another annuity with another company with more protection and more guarantees. So you choose the 1035 exchange. In this example, your original contract basis of 100000 becomes your new contract basis, even though only 75000 was transferred to the new annuity. This means that later on in your retirement, when you turn on your annuity for lifetime income, let's say, you'll pay less in taxes over your retirement. So that is a pretty sweet deal and a great way to take down the bitter medicine of losing so much in the stock market through your variable annuity. Now, many people have come to us, and we have now at this point in our firm at Lake Growth Financial Services, we've seen thousands of existing in-force illustrations of existing life insurance policies over the years. Many people thought they had a bank-on-yourself designed policy from the guy or gal who set it up for them years ago. Many people we speak with are shocked to find out that they had an indexed universal life policy and did not even know it or a variable universal life policy, or maybe they had whole life insurance, but unfortunately it was with a public traded company, which means generally you're not gonna receive any dividends on your whole life insurance, dramatically reducing how fast it can grow. Or maybe that whole life policy was penalizing them with direct recognition loans, or it was designed with no paid up additions writer, and so on and on and on. There are 29 different characteristics We've been able to calculate that are needed to make a true bank on yourself designed policy. And you can listen to those 29 characteristics and read the list on episode 159. So if you want to learn more about the particular unique characteristics of bank on yourself, listen to episode 159. By the way, if you're not sure what kind of policy you have, that's okay. I don't even know what smartphone number they're up to these days. Is it the iPhone 28? Is it the Samsung 75? I I have no idea, but I do know who to work with to set my phone up properly. And if you think you might need your current policy replaced using the 1035 exchange, or maybe you just have questions and you're not sure, we'd be happy to do an analysis with you. Just reach out to us at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on the button that says request a meeting. That's notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Click on request a meeting, you can have a quick 15 minute discussion, get to know you a bit and learn more about your existing policy and see what would be the right fit there. So let's get into some ways now that you can use the 1035 exchange for your advantage. One couple we recently worked with had set up some policies years ago with multiple agents, agents that had left the business and that they had just really fallen out of communication with. Now, he had some poorly designed whole life policies, we found that out. We also saw a universal life policy, which was being eaten away with expenses and fees. Now, even against these odds, he had accumulated almost $150,000 of cash value into three separate policies. Now, these policies no longer made sense to them, and they could not use them for banking. Specifically, when we looked into the contracts of these policies, it was abundantly clear that the policies would stop earning interest when they borrowed against that cash value. After review and careful consideration and deliberation discussions, we consolidated all of their cash into one efficiently designed bank on yourself type policy on each of them, the husband and the wife, with some regular ongoing premiums they felt would be a good challenge, but also comfortable for for both of them. So now they're using they're planning to use the policy that we've just created for each of them to borrow against so that they can invest in several real estate opportunities. And meanwhile, because it's bank on yourself designed and a non direct recognition loan, the policies will continue to grow as if there was no loan against them. That is awesome. And not only that, but we've unlocked now six figures of money for him and his financial future. Another individual I was working with recently, was paying almost $7,000 a month for a whole life policy with a mutual life insurance company. However, the company did not offer paid up additions. So, this $7,000 a month was going into a very inefficient, but highly commissionable product, let's just say. Uh, And he was not able to really borrow much against it because it was a direct recognition whole life insurance policy. Again, meaning that dividends are not paid to him. When he borrows against the cash value. And so after we did the math and showing several policy loans and how much it negatively impacted his cash value, not only was he stunned that his policy's growth would be stunted as he had planned to heavily borrow from the policy for some real estate deals, but he was also approaching a point in his career where paying $7,000 a month no longer made sense to him or was even possible for him. And again, he had substantial cash value accumulated, There was actually over a quarter of a million dollars of cash value in this policy, but he didn't want to keep paying the premiums. And there were some important writers that would go away if he tried to reduce pay up his policy, but he he wanted to be able to access the cash value uh, in this policy for loans. So was he stuck in this poorly designed cash sucking policy for the rest of his life? No way. That's another example of a 1035 coming to the rescue, but this one guys comes with a twist. So we decided to do a 1035 exchange into what's known as a single premium whole life policy. Single premium policies are exactly what they sound like. It's a one lump sum followed with no ongoing premiums at all. If you want to hear more about this, go back and listen to episode 91 for more on the details of this type of policy. If you listen to that episode, we mentioned in episode 91 that 99% of the time single premium policies are known as modified endowment contracts or MEC policies. And these lose some of the key tax advantages of most life insurance policies that are recurring premium policies out there. So for our client, he loved the tax free access to the cash in his existing, large, poorly designed policy. And he loved the idea of a single premium policy, but he did not want a MEC policy, a modified endowment contract with taxable gains. On the other side, though, he didn't like the pain of breaking compound growth on policy loans, nor did he want to continue to pay those mega 7,000 bucks a month premiums. So what can he do? It's true that virtually all single premium policies are taxable uh, on the gains. However, one exception to this rule is if a single premium policy is funded with money exclusively from a 1035 exchange. So we were able to do a tax free exchange from his old policy to a new single premium policy, and no more premiums were due ever again. And he got to keep the tax free access to the cash. And it's a non mech single premium policy. So this is truly a zebra among zebras in the financial universe. Let me give you just one more example. A woman we had worked with for over 10 years had dutifully funded her whole life insurance policies with us. We had set them up for her and she had two of these policies and she had even borrowed against these properly designed bank on yourself policies a few times for purchases like her car and sending her three daughters to college. But now she herself was ready to retire. The kids were out of the house and as a single mom, she no longer needed as much life insurance death benefit coverage while we are going to keep one of her life insurance policies into her retirement for ongoing purchases, guys, remember Bank on Yourself still works even into your retirement years, both for cars, but also as a stream of income to supplement your retirement. What we're going to do with the other Bank on Yourself designed whole life policy is we're going to do a 1035 exchange from one of her two life insurance policies into a brand new annuity. That's right, you can move from life insurance into an annuity through a tax free 1035 exchange. So why would this be a good idea for her? It gives her a permanent guaranteed lifetime income that she'll never outlive. And it's true that, you know, we around here love bank on yourself when we talk about its merits on this podcast quite a bit. But one of the limitations is that the cash value of a bank on yourself policy, any, any cash value life insurance policy, the life insurance cash value is finite. It's a specific finite amount of money. So it is technically possible that you could run out of money in your bank on yourself policies if you live too long. Yikes. So why not take some of your cash value from one or a couple of your policies and convert it into an annuity to ensure that even if you run out of money, you never run out of income. So we simply did a tax free exchange from her life insurance and purchased an immediate annuity That instantly turned on some income for her and purchased the largest amount of income possible for her, which is now guaranteed never to run out during her lifetime. And guys, we even set it up where if she died too soon, like if she was to pass away early on in her retirement years, her kids would get a refund for the amount of money in the annuity that she didn't spend. So nobody gets left out in this case. And it's just one more example of why having a portfolio of these policies is a great deal because you get options in the future. You can turn a few on for income, you can leave a few liquid. Uh, That's why having multiple bank on yourself policies makes great sense for most people. Okay, so let's talk about the things to consider here. Not all people should do a 1035 exchange. For example, if you have term insurance, there is no cash to exchange. So there's no point in messing with a 1035 exchange if you have term insurance. However, if you do have term insurance, there is a strategy known as term to whole life conversion. And I talk about this back in episode 187. So check that one out if you have some term insurance. Also, let's say you bought a poorly designed policy from your brother-in-law when he worked at that insurance company back 20 years ago, that one summer. And now you know you want a bank on yourself type policy. However, let's say now, unfortunately, you have lost your health. You're no longer in good shape. You can no longer be approved for life insurance. In this case, I wouldn't recommend a 1035 exchange. Don't cash out that old policy. Poorly designed cash value insurance is better than no insurance at all. So that said, don't play doctor here, guys. Uh, Don't assume that you couldn't get a policy. You might think that you're in bad health but you very well might still get approved with several of the companies we work with. I've seen people with a few extra candles on their birthday cake get approved, no problem. We just helped an 81 year old get a beautifully designed bank on yourself type policy. Also, if you've got medical issues from the past, there are generally time limits and even expiration dates on that medical bad news. So it's possible that you can still be approved now or in the near future. We've had folks with breast cancer, get approved, prostate cancer, diabetes, you name it, they all have gotten approved for policies and pass along their wealth to their family. That doesn't mean everybody. It is a medically underwritten type product. So this means that there are going to be questions asked, but you might as well look into it. The worst they can do is say no. We've even had folks who could not get life insurance at all due to health issues, start policies on family members and business partners but you may not use the 1035 exchange in this situation. Remember, it has to be a like kind exchange. You cannot do a 1035 exchange from a policy insuring yourself to a policy on your spouse, for example. In other words, the insured must be the same person from beginning to end. Another example, we often set up policies for our client's children. Go back and listen to episode 174, If you want to hear more about how that would work and why one might want to set up policies on kids. Now, quite candidly, while there are some incredible benefits to starting policies on children, generally speaking, children's policies cannot be as efficiently designed as adult policies can be. So specifically, there are just certain writers that are not available for children under age 18. Now, seriously, don't get me wrong here the power of compound growth on a child when they're that young starting a policy is just unbelievable. Case in point, we just helped a five-year-old get a policy last year. And by the time she's 65 years old, her policy's cash value will be $2.5 million. And the annual growth will be 12 times the annual premium she's paying into it that year, 12 times the annual premium. Wow. Nevertheless, even so, there are times when kid policies can be transferred over through a 1035 exchange to a new adult policy once they reach their 18th birthday with all the writers that come with it and all the policy writers that help adult policies grow so efficiently. So sometimes when a child becomes 18, we can do a 1035 exchange to their first adult policy, beginning the wealth journey for them with an efficiently designed life insurance contract. As you can see, there are a lot of elements to consider here before you jump into the 1035 exchange, and I don't recommend folks just jump into it willy-nilly without thinking about all the pros and cons. For every person who's moving their poorly designed cash value from, let's say, a universal life or variable life policy into a bank-on-yourself designed policy, there are at least two other people who are moving money from properly designed life insurance into something that's going to be harmful for them. So this is why it's so important to work with a professional who knows your specific situation and knows the ins and outs of the IRS tax code and exactly what qualifies for a 1035 exchange and what might get you into trouble. So working with a bank on yourself professional like myself or my colleagues will make sure that you've got this done properly. We can even review your existing life insurance contract that you have to determine if it makes sense to move it or just to leave it alone. We've analyzed thousands of illustrations over the years, and we know the companies that are out there in the marketplace, and we know which companies have the right design and performance and financial stability for your financial future. And most importantly, we'll listen carefully to you and your goals to see if this strategy would make sense. Guys, our aim is to listen first before jumping to conclusions. Much like a doctor, we don't want to prescribe something that's really not going to help you before we understand your goals, considerations. So reach out to us and we can do a free financial consultation, brainstorm with you, your options for your existing life insurance policy, if you have one, or setting up your very first policy. I really love the conversations we get to have when we meet with folks one-on-one. So thank you for letting me get into this conversation. It's been one that's popped up a few times. If you have an idea for an episode and have a question for us that you'd like us to explore on this podcast, there's two ways to do it. Email us at hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com or join our membership site and ask the question there. You'll get an instant answer, both from professionals like myself, but also the 600 plus members that are spread across this country, swapping ideas and contributing to a financial mastermind. So the way to join that membership site is to go to notyouraverage.mn.co and sign up. It's totally free and you can ask your question there and we may even turn it into a podcast episode. So guys, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future.
1: This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting.